All right, coming up, the media has retracted that fake news story about Border Patrol agents whipping Haitian migrants. Yes, that story is fake news, and now it has been retracted. Whipping, yeah, whipping, that false claim that they were whipping Haitian migrants. Even Biden quoted that piece of fake news, and as usual, the media is being very quiet and secretive about the fact that it retracted this story. Ocasio-Cortez when she voted, she was seen crying. When she voted, she was on camera crying. When she voted for the Iron Dome bill, she voted present on the bill. She didn't vote in favor of the bill. She also didn't vote against the bill. Even though we know she opposes the bill, she voted present. We're going to explain why. But she was visibly weeping as she's voting for the bill or anti or present on the bill of uh, the Iron Dome $1 billion funding for Israel. She voted present and she's visibly crying and weeping. So she refused to actually vote with her conscience. And why was she crying? You know, well, she was probably confused. I mean, you know, there's so many, so many big words in this bill. She probably didn't know what a lot of, hey, what do all the law, you know, she's, she's crying. She's breaking down. What do all these long words mean? These words, I've never seen some of these words before. What does the word funding mean? You know, some of these words have three or four syllables. She knows what the word funding means. That's one word she actually knows because she's very good at funding her own campaigns. Hey, I'm from the Bronx. I mean, she probably, by the way, she voted present. She probably thought that she's like voting. She probably thought it was like a present, like a gift. Like, hey, you want to vote yes, no, or present, Ms. Ocasio-Cortez? Well, I mean, that's a no-brainer. Of course I want to vote for the present. All right, we'll get to that coming up. So it turns out, as I said, the, the, those Haitian migrants who stormed the border, before we get to the whipping story, but 15,000 or more Haitian migrants stormed the border, right? And by the way, many of them have been released into the country. This th Don't believe this false narrative where the Biden people, Jen Psaki is saying, well, we're deporting them. No, you're not deporting. She actually doesn't call it deporting. She calls it removal process. Well, what's the removal process? Well, Peter Ducey actually forced her to admit the removal process is they send them, they release them into the interior of the country. They release them into cities. Uh, and uh, and then they tell them, by the way, show up uh, later for a hearing. And, of course, then they never end up showing up for a hearing. Why should they? Because they're never going to get caught if they don't show up for the hearing. Well, only the ones with a very low IQ are actually showing up for that hearing. So this is the removal process as well. Release them and then hope that they actually come back. And, of course, they're never going to come back. And still they get accused of being racist by the, by the, by the radical left. So what does that tell you? But it turns out that they're not even Haitian migrants at all, meaning they're coming from Chile. We now know, bombshell report, they were coming from Chile. We, we suspected this because they're coming through Del Rio. The, the way from, from Haiti, the first st spot that you hit on the, the, the border to the United States is all the way on the east side of the country, nowhere near Del Rio, Texas. So they came through Mexico and they're coming from Chile. And it turns out that many of them, we don't know the number, but potentially thousands of them, have actually been granted refugee status in Chile. And where's the media reporting this? Of course, they're, they're, they're nowhere to be found. But they actually, they found a bunch of Chilean IDs, literally uh, Ch Chilean, um, like the equivalent of a green card, a Chilean ID, which gives them refugee status, where they actually abandoned them. So they dropped them. They were all, riddled all over, littered all over the floor on the Mexican side of the border before these Haitians came into the United States. They actually dropped, they placed down, they threw away their Chilean IDs so that there would be no proof that they're already legally in Chile. And, and they've been given refugee status in Chile because, of course, then they don't belong in the United States. They're not Haitian migrants. So the, the media and the Democrats have been giving us this false narrative. Remember, you have that Biden ambassador to Haiti who, who actually resigned in protest because the conditions, the living conditions in Haiti are so miserable after the earthquake. And how could Biden be doing this? 
They're not from Haiti at all. They're coming from Chile. They're from Haiti originally. They're, 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 they're Haitian citizens. But they, 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 they actually were already in a safe place. And many of them were granted refugee status. Who knows how many? And, uh, and, and yet they want to come to the United States. Why? Because Biden promised Haitians a few months ago, they promised Haitians, not the new Haitian refugees, but the old ones, they, gave, they, they granted them amnesty. So that acts as a border magnet. And now the Haitians who are, who are still out of the United States said, hey, if Biden's granting amnesty to Haitians, we might as well get up over the border now. This is the jackpot. This is exactly what we need. But you're living in Chile. You're already safe. You're already a refugee. You've already been granted asylum. Well, we don't care. We want the good life. We want to go to the United States. The United States is much better than Chile, much better economy, even though it's funny because the Democrats keep telling us the United States is such a racist country. You would think that uh, these, the, 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 you wouldn't have millions of people clamoring to get in. I guess that tells you that when the Democrats you know, frown on the United States and criticize and tell us how bad the United States is, I guess somehow uh, that memo is not getting through to all these migrants who are suffering who are desperate to get in. All right, so there's a parody headline that says, Border patrol agents accused of patrolling border. You cannot make this stuff up. This is not a real headline. This is a parody headline. Border patrol agents accused of patrolling border because that's what's happening. They're doing their job. They're doing their job. Not only are they not getting credit, they're getting the blame. They're getting attacked by their own president of the United States. They're getting attacked by the people, the administration that they themselves are working so hard to protect. They're trying to protect the, gu- the, the, the country. They're trying to protect the border. They're trying to do their jobs. They're trying to fulfill their constitutional duty. And, and what do they get? You know, all they get is grief. All they get is grief. And they're the ones accused. I mean, they, they literally sacrifice, risk their lives. They go and save drowning children and people who are drowning trying to cross into the country illegally. You have people trying to cross the Rio Grande and other rivers illegally. And then Bort jumps in and rescues them and, uh, and, and at, at their own peril, risking their own lives. And yet these Border Patrol agents, they literally get nothing, nothing but grief and uh, all these horrible, horrible stories that are made up by the media. So this piece of fake news here, this idea that they were whipping migrants, there's a picture, I guess they're holding the reins of the horses, which could theoretically look like a whip if you're very creative and imaginative. And um, the story was made up by Max, by, by, by uh, Axios. The story was made up by Axios, and Axios then deleted the tweet. It is fake news. Of course, we don't see any kind of big um, visible retraction. They're doing this very secretively. But you even had President Biden. President Biden, when he spoke, he spoke about, he discussed this, we're investigating, and he talked about Border Patrol agents um, using straps, actually hitting migrants with straps or strapping them. Or he, used the, he used the term straps somehow, implying that this, this whipping story was actually a true story. And, and, and now it has been completely debunked. And yet they, and yet they banned horses. When did horses become... Um, become racist? Could somebody please tell me when horses became, this is like the new narrative that the the Biden administration has banned Border Patrol from using horses until further notice because they're investigating. Now, horses somehow became offensive. Somehow, and I've heard multiple people on the left say this, that somehow when Border Patrol agents patrol the border on horseback, which is like the most common thing in the world for, for crowd control, these types of situations. I mean, I've seen it in cities many times in parades and various other situations like that where you have a crowd of people and you have a lot of people you have to deal with. So you have to travel on horseback. I mean, this is so common. Has anybody ever said, oh, look at that. Look at that agent. Look at that policeman on horseback near Central Park. Oh, wow. What a racist. I mean, how offensive that is. I mean, how, is that like, what are you talking about? Well, what's racist? What's offensive? They're, they're serious. They're actually saying this in a serious way. The whipping story was separate, but they are banning horses. 
And and it's totally it's inexplicable. I mean, it's just it's, it's absurd. It's laughable, uh, except that it's so sad because they need these horses to get around. Obviously, to get around quickly and to be able, you know, the, to have a higher, um, you know, position. I mean, there's just so many benefits. To, to, there's a reason they're riding around on horseback, and, there, and there's a reason that pr- probably every major police force in the United States in the country uses horseback in certain situations. And yet now they've banned horses. So what you're doing is you're endangering Border Patrol even more. You're taking away yet another resource. And worse, you're you're accusing them of somehow being racist because of the horses. Horses are now racist? Like, this is the new narrative by the left in the media? Uh, you can't make it up. All right, so uh, Ocasio-Cortez... Um, she voted present, the Iron Dome, after she herself was one of the most vocal opponents of this. You had the whole squad basically bashing the bill. Um, they actually had to, we told you, Pelosi had to take it out of the main uh, $3.5 trillion funding bill, which is a whole separate story, by the way. They're hoping to try to pass that in the next few days. They're getting a lot of opposition, um, even from even from Democrats, believe it or not, who realize how insane it is to, to spend $3.5 trillion right now when the country's in so much debt. But um, so 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 we'll see. We'll we'll keep an eye on that on that package, the three and a half trillion dollar package. But either way, they separated the the one billion dollar funding for the Iron Dome because they realized that they were gonna uh, it wasn't gonna be able to pass otherwise. And look, it, it passed overwhelmingly, like four hundred to eight, or four hundred and something to eight, or four hundred to seven, and then one present because Ocasio marked present, something like that. She she voted present, but it was like four hundred to eight, four hundred to seven, and then one present vote, or four hundred to eight, and then one present vote. But uh, here's the thing. Ocasio opposes the bill. She even said it after. So what is she telling you? I am a phony. I am fake. I am not voting my actual conscience. I'm not voting the way I believe. Uh, uh, And why is that? We'll explain. She's doing it for her, obviously, like the reason she does everything. Ocasio doesn't get up in the morning except for Ocasio-Cortez. Everything she does she does for Ocasio Cortez, and we're going to explain her real motivation, and we'll tell you what she her 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 bogus lame explanation as we'll explain. But so she's voting present. Present never makes any sense. Either you're for or against. I mean, take a stand. You're a congressperson. Take a stand. I will explain why she did this. But it's always voting present. Ninety nine out of a hundred times, maybe hundred out of a hundred times, it is. I am. I know that my belief. I know that my own personal opinion is not popular. So I have to vote. I can't vote with my conscience, but I can't vote the other way. So I have to vote present as just literally a token gesture of, I refuse to actually speak my conscience over here. I'm a coward. I'm a coward. Voting present is cowardly. You know who voted present all the time? Obama. And by the way, it does work. With Democrats, at least it works. I don't think Trump supporters would respect somebody who voted present. Trump we, we know would never do such a thing because he's not, not afraid to speak his mind even when it's unpopular. But um, Obama voted president hundreds of times when he was in the Illinois state legislature. And look look where he got. He's the president. He became president for eight years. He was a very popular Democrat. He was a very, very damaging, dangerous man, in my opinion. But obviously the Democrat voters sure did seem to like him. So that that's the, the lesson here that Ocasio is kind of modeling after. And, and you know who else voted present? When they, remember when McConnell forced a vote on the Green New Deal, the insane Green New Deal, which is Ocasio's own package? The Green New Deal, which is estimated to cost like $90 trillion, and they claim it's, an, it's, it's a climate thing, but it's not a climate thing. It's an economy thing, which Ocasio's own staffer admitted, the person, the architect of this bill. But either way, it had a bunch of co-sponsors. Like so many people hopped on the bandwagon, Elizabeth Warren, um, Bernie Sanders, uh, Cory Booker, they, they, they all hopped on the bandwagon. They co-sponsored the bill in the Senate, the Green New Deal. Then McConnell brought it up for a vote because he said, you know what? If you really sponsor, if you really believe and support this bill, then let's then why, 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 why be afraid to vote on the bill? Because Democrats refused to push it for a vote. And then it turns out they all voted present. Literally, even Bernie Sanders, I believe, voted present. But 
almost every Democrat, dozens of Democrats voted present on the Green New Deal. So that told you exactly because they were terrified to go on the record because it's, a, it's an insane, the Green New Deal, is ju- it's just an insane bill. I mean, it's just really, really, really like um, you, like person would almost have to be mentally ill to vote for the in favor of the Green New Deal. So they, these Democrats, they can never take a position because they realize their own real true beliefs are so incredibly unpopular. But Ocasio, she made this thing all about her. So as I said, she opposed the, 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 the Iron Dome. It saves, it saves a ton of Arab lives too, by the way, not just Israeli lives. It's literally a missile defense system. It literally protects from terrorist rockets. It is the ultimate no-brainer, which is why 400 Congress people voted for it, including hundreds of Democrats. Ocasio voted present. So uh, she explained, She tried to explain it. She, she, she made it all about her, but she put out a letter. And here's what she wrote in the letter. She wrote why she wept. Quote, yes, I wept. I wept at the complete lack of care for the human beings that are impacted by these decisions. I wept at an institution choosing a path of maximum volatility and minimum consideration for its own political convenience. And I wept at the complete lack of regard. This is unreadable, by the way. I, le- I, left at the co- I-, I wept at the complete lack of regard I often feel our party has to its most vulnerable and endangered members and communities because of the death threats and dangerous vitriol we'd inevitably receive by rushing such a sensitive charge that under-considered vote weren't worth delaying it for even a few hours to help us do the work necessary to open a conversation of understanding. I mean, this is such drivel. I mean, I, I read it to you, you know, because I, I'm trying to do my job here, but it was difficult. I don't know who wrote this for her. Uh, I cannot imagine she wrote it herself. And um, she's justifying her weeping and explaining her weeping. Okay, we don't really care why you wept. This is not about you. It's about saving lives. It's about people living in a war zone, and you're trying to literally take away their one means of protection, basically. And uh, and she was trying to explain, by the way, she kept saying, I'm in favor of, I'm against, I'm sorry, I'm against funding the Iron Dome, but I voted president, but I'm against it, hello. And she didn't explain that. Something about how the process was rushed, rushed or some nonsense like that. But, like, she didn't explain it. Why are you voting? If you're against the funding, you're against the funding. Why are you voting present? So let me tell you the real, well, because they rushed the process. Well, number one, slow down the process. Number two, I don't care. If you're against it, you're against it. What does it have to do with rushing the process? Zero. There is zero explanation because the real explanation is that she's terrified to vote against this bill because she is in a state called New York State. And New York State has many, many Jews. And um, she does not want to alienate Jewish, and especially many Jewish Democrats and, and many secular Jewish Democrats. She does not want to alienate. Look at Chuck Schumer. And there's a theory out there that she plans to run for Senate, possibly even very soon, and, and, and wants to unseat Chuck Schumer. And she could do that, by the way. She's done it before. Remember Crowley? Who was like who had won like seven consecutive terms, and then she came out of nowhere and and defeated him because she knows how to rally people. She knows how to rile up her base. You know, she's in New York. She's in New York City over there in the Bronx, and uh, there's a lot of people in New York City, a lot of Hispanics, and potentially even some Jews who might vote for her over Chuck Schumer. Believe it or not, you know they they, they love the socialism. They lo- they you know, they like her antics. They like the fact that they view her as taking on the establishment. They view Schumer as an establishment guy, which in a certain sense they have a point. It's terrifying because she's a socialist. But yes, she is very much anti-establishment, anti-the swamp. I, 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 you know, she is part of the swamp. Let me be clear: Ocasio is the swamp. So I, I don't mean to say that somehow, like she's anything even remotely connected, you know, or, or, or similar to Trump, because she's hundred percent an insider. She, he, she's driving around in a fancy car. Talk, she's talking. She, she's taking uh, these these airplanes everywhere, and she's even flying in private jets sometimes. And she's talking about the environment and the climate. And she says, "Well, listen, I'm just living life. I'm just living life. What am I supposed to do?" 
she you know she 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 uh, she takes she has a very large salary. She talks about taxing the rich, and yet you know, she walks around with one hundred seventy five thousand dollar a year salary as a congresswoman. She talks about the people in Puerto Rico. Yet what has she done to help the people in Puerto Rico herself? I mean, she is literally a a, a card carrying member of of the swamp, one hundred percent. However, however, I'm talking about her image. She knows how to present as being this anti-establishment person, this socialist, somebody who's fighting for the people, fighting against the like the ruling class, fighting against like the aristocracy and the and, and the leadership and the people in charge, and uh, you know the the Pelosi's and the Schumers, and she does a good job of projecting that image. That's why she's so dangerous. So she really is just one of them, but she doesn't she doesn't come across that way. Is the point. All right, so that's why she voted president. She's afraid of, you know, they're, they're, she's going to run for Senate in New York, and, and then she's got to not be anti-Israel because they're going to say, well, you voted against the Iron Dome. How could you do that? And suddenly the Jews are not so interested in voting for her. No, actually, I voted president. Well, that's, that's much less damaging at that point. And the reason I did it was, and she comes up with some kind of silly, ridiculous explanation. And that's scary. If she became a senator, I mean, I don't have to tell you how terrifying. It's terrifying that she's a congresswoman. And look how much damage she's already doing. Um all right, so Chris Wallace of Fox News, suddenly he's in favor of a wall. Suddenly Chris Wallace is in favor of a border wall. And, like, are you kidding me? I mean, this is, again, it's it's disgraceful. You know, here we, it's so disingenuous. Chris Wallace, for four years, I would, would have loved him to say under Trump to, to mention some something in favor of a border wall, to come out in favor of a border wall. He did not. I don't recall Chris Wallace ever. I, I pay a lot of attention to Chris Wallace. I, I hear a lot of his interviews. I don't recall him ever saying anything positive about the wall under Trump. Uh, I, I did some digging. I did a lot of digging. You did a lot of searching on Google for any mention by Chris Wallace of a wall. There were times when he certainly um, attacked the border wall and said that Trump's justifications for the border wall were inaccurate. But I could not find a single instance of Chris Wallace actually coming out in favor of a wall. Now that Trump is not around and there's no chance, even under Trump, it was so hard to get a wall. Now there's no chance of having a border wall built unless Trump regains control, regains power, regains uh, the White House in 2024. But uh, now suddenly Chris Wallace comes out in favor of a wall. And uh, and it really is very disingenuous and very disturbing and frustrating. And the reason is, by the way, you know, Biden is such a disaster on the border. So and Trump is out of office now. So he's out of the limelight. So now Chris Wallace can actually uh, support a border wall, and it's safe. In other words, he's not going to be associated with Trump. He's so ba- he's so afraid of being associated with Trump. But now it's safe for for Chris Wallace to yell about a wall because look, he's just hopping on the bandwagon because um, now he's just coming out against Biden, and Biden's been such a disaster on the wall that even the even the mainstream media is not happy with the way with the uh, the border, I should say, with the way Biden has handled. The border, but like, do you realize if Chris Wallace had been in favor of a wall, you remember how how hard a time the Republicans gave Trump? You remember? Maybe you don't realize this. Paul Ryan, when he was in charge, he 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 made it very difficult for Trump to build a border wall. Then Pelosi, of course, took over, and then it was like impossible. And then Trump had to resort to using military emergency funding, and good for him. But uh, Chris Wallace, I mean, imagine if if an influential figure on Fox News had actually supported the wall. I mean, that could have actually been very influential. Who knows? But, but, but of course, he'd never mentioned it when Trump was actually president. Now, suddenly, Chris Wallace uh, said on a radio show that, uh, why don't we build a border wall? Look what's going on. Hello, good morning, Chris Wallace. Where have you been all these years? That, that was actually Trump's signature motto, was build the wall, build the wall. And, 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 and now you suddenly wake up. All right, so the WHO, the disgraceful, corrupt WHO, the World Health Organization, they are launching yet another investigation into the origins of the coronavirus. Remember, the first WHO investigation was completely f- fake. It was falsified. It was totally bogus. So much so. And now the WHO is saying time is of the essence. I mean, is it comical? Time is of the essence. We have to 
We have to get information out of China. We have to do this investigation because pretty soon we're going to lose all the evidence. All the evidence is going to be buried. It's going to be gone. It's not going to be accessible. Hello? I mean, it's already gone. And they're never going to be allowed in by China, as we know. Nobody's going to be allowed in to investigate the origins of the virus, which is why, to me, the presumption is that China is guilty until proven innocent for, for many, many, many reasons, but mainly because if you don't let us in and investigate, then you're, then you're admitting your guilt. It's as simple as that. And, and, if, and if you're not guilty, well, then let us come in and see f- for ourselves. Uh, aside from the fact that we know that China is guilty in, in, in so many ways, like, hello, it's silly to even have a conversation. But here's the thing. Time is of the essence. Time is of the essence. You're waking up here. I mean, it's been almost two years since uh, we've already known about this virus in China. I mean, it was this, like December of 2019. It was already in all the newspapers that this that this horrible pandemic was spreading around Wuhan. And, and oh, time is that the WHO wakes up after a fake investigation. It was so fake that the U.N. disavowed the investigation. It was so fake that the head of the U.N., the secretary, the secretary general of the U.N., said, you know, we cannot trust the findings. So the WHO basically, it was it was a token investigation. It was what they call a dog and pony show. They went in there and they literally had the group that went in to investigate, some of them were bought off by the Chinese. Some of them were literally in the back pockets of the Chinese, some of these so-called scientists. And they went in there and they just did a little snooping here and there, only where China allowed them to do in the, in, the, in the Wuhan lab. And then they came out and wrote this report and said, well, basically, you know, this was a mistake and China's not a fault. There was no negligence here. I mean, it's like it was so incredibly corrupt that the head of the U.N. and the U.N. is corrupt to begin with, said, you know, we can't really trust this report. And and by the way, the WHO was complicit in this pandemic. Let's not forget that the WHO, they spread Chinese propaganda, fake Chinese propaganda, basically saying that the pandemic, that, 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 that COVID was not as dangerous as it was when, when China should have been locking down and not allowing people outside of their country to travel outside to other countries. Uh, China did not do that. China basically said, no, this is not a problem, essentially put out that uh, it's fine. This is not dangerous. And the WHO echoed, echoed China. WHO was like China's like cheerleader. And, and, and the WHO was complicit and was an accomplice allowing China to spread this pandemic throughout the world. If China and the WHO had put a travel ban in place early on, there are estimates, scientific estimates. There were studies that were done. That like it could have been 95 percent contained, that like 95 percent of the harm that was done of the of, of the spread could have been stopped if China had actually stopped travel. I mean, it makes a lot of sense, does it not? Because it all emanated, it all came from from Wuhan, from that region in China. So the WHO, they're the ones with blood on their hands. And now they're supposed to go investigate China. And it's like, they're, they're, you know, they're virtually investigating themselves almost. I mean, it, it really just is just so, so, so incredibly frustrating. Let me read you this quote here. Um from the WHO, from, from, from a story, sources from within the World Health Organization state that they believe time is of the essence if the world is to have any chance of getting to the bottom of the origins of COVID. WHO is putting together a team of 20 experts with the stated goal of figuring out the origins of the pandemic. There are concerns that time is running out for an investigation like this or that it could already be too late. According to Fox News, WHO spokesperson said that the team will need data and access in the country where the first reports were identified, which is China. I mean, are you kidding me? You think you're going to get data and access from China? And here's a quote here. This is Lawrence Gustin, director of faculty for Georgetown University's O'Neill Institute for Global Health, Health Law, whatever. Quote, China still holds all the cards. The WHO lacks power. And it's inconceivable to me that a new committee will be able to negotiate access to China. This is building a beautiful committee with nowhere to go. End quote. Lawrence Gustin of Georgetown University. I mean, so like... Where do we even begin? So he's basically saying, I mean, come on. Uh, oh, yeah, no no problem. We'll put together these scientists, group of scientists, very esteemed group, 
and then we'll just ask China. It's like when the UN asks Iran, the the, the you know the UN nuclear inspectors say to Iran, "Hey, do you mind giving us access to your nuclear facilities?" Well, sure. We're just going to stonewall you for six months. We're just going to bleach everything everywhere. We're going to get rid of any traces of uranium. Do use whatever chemicals we need to use, and then you can just come right on in and and and, and inspect. No problem. Oh, wait a second. Our surveillance cameras uh, all seem to have been erased. Well, gee, well, that's a shock. How did that happen? Did you guys accidentally erase the nuclear facility surveillance cameras again? Funny how that keeps happening. And just and just, it all just goes unpunished. Nobody does a thing. So like, where do we where do we begin? I mean, we're never going to get the truth. We know the truth anyway. And even even the Biden people are now admitting the truth that it, that it leaked from a lab. After a year, they're telling us that no, it came from a bat. And that's been totally debunked. And uh, by the way, there is now documented proof. There is documented evidence now that China, the Wuhan lab, modified a coronavirus specifically to target humans. They were testing it out, right? This, this wasn't for a bioweapon or anything, of course. They're just officially, they're testing out. They want to see, uh, you know, they want to research how, how uh, coronaviruses can impact humans, how they can evolve to hurt humans so that they can come up with a cure, right? So that they can come up with a treatment because that's what China's really interested in. So there is now proof they literally modified a coronavirus to make it um, particularly, specifically, especially dangerous to humans. They injected it in, into mice and to bats to test out how it would affect humans. So that is literally gain-of-function research, which Fauci promised us was not happening, and it was specifically with the intent of harming humans. So what does that tell you? This is way before the the, the, the COVID pandemic, and they concocted a, the virus to be specifically harmful to humans, and this was funded. And, and by the way, they actually humanized mice. They injected it into what they call humanized mice. This is according to documents that have been that have surfaced. And, and by the way, remember, this was partially funded by Dr. Fauci, which Rand Paul was correct about. And now this and now put two and two together here, China, uh, 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 the covid virus escapes from a Wuhan lab, whether it was done intentionally released or whether it, it, it escaped and it was a leak and it was a mistake. Either one. I don't care. But it's clearly uh, because of gain of function research that was that was done at the Wuhan lab. It's undeniable. And by the way, I believe it was only a dry run. I believe that China, this was like a test. They wanted to see how the world would react. And look how the world has reacted. No consequences for China whatsoever. Finally, the debt ceiling issue. All right, we don't have time for this right now, but uh, Congress is trying to raise the debt ceiling again. And the debt and the debt, the debt is like a 28 trillion and counting. Budget deficit is out of control. It was like over three trillion two years in a row. And they never cut spending. The bottom line is my point is they never cut spending. So what happens is these Democrats, they respond and they say, well, you don't care about balancing the budget either because you you supported Trump's tax cuts. And that's such it's such an absurd argument on so many levels because Trump's tax cuts, they say it increased the budget deficit. Number one, it did not. Number one, it act, revenue actually went up. Re- revenue has gone up every year since the Trump tax cuts because it boosted it boosted the economy, tax revenue, in other words, because because these businesses now um, are generating a lot more money, so they're paying a lot more in taxes. So even though the tax rate went down, but the amount of taxes getting paid actually went up. Now they, their response to that is, yeah, but if you look at inflation and you adjust, it it didn't go up as much as it would have. Look, I don't know. All I know is they cut taxes and it went up. So I'm going to grant you that they cut taxes and tax revenue, and I'm going to grant you, well, but it would have gone up even more. I'm going to grant you that. You know what? I don't care because bottom line, people have a right to keep their money. That's number one. And number two, cut spending. You know, if, if you're so upset about the tax cuts, you're giving people back the money that they rightfully earned. There's so much waste. There's so much waste in government right now. Over $4 trillion being spent every single year. Half of that, by the way, is HHS Health and Human Services. So cut this, cut some spending. Yeah, well, you're upset because we, we cut taxes. Cut the spending. But it goes deeper than that. Tax cuts is never, and I want to make this point, tax cuts is never, ever, ever the reason for 
the budget deficit. Again, I want to point out, right, we're saying don't raise the debt ceiling, balance the budget, and you won't have to borrow any more money. There's a tremendous budget deficit. And their response is, well, if you care about the budget deficit, then you shouldn't favor tax cuts. And here's why that's an absurd argument. The tax cuts, why? Because the tax cuts then lead to a bigger deficit. Tax cuts do not lead to a deficit. It's always spending. Tax cuts, giving people back money that they earned, that does not create a deficit. Why? Because the deficit is we don't have enough money that we're supposed to spend. We, we, we don't have the amount of money that we need to fulfill all of our spending obligations. Well, it's the spending obligations. Well, you say, no, but we already had the spending obligations, and now you cut the taxes afterwards. So the, so the tax cutting is what created the deficit. No, no. That's just because the tax cuts came chronologically later. See, that's a, that's a game. That's a trick. That's like an optical illusion the Democrats try to pull here, which is, well, the tax cuts, they're the ones that brought about because they're going with the presumption, well, you're spending $4 trillion a year uh, for, for, for uh, you're spending, uh, yeah, $4 trillion a year in the budget. So if you're spending $4 trillion a year as the annual budget, well, then if you cut taxes and you're not bringing enough in, well, then you're the one who's, no, 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 it's the $4 trillion. It's the outrageous spending. It's all the, all the, the food stamp programs and the, and the Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid and Obamacare and just so many health and human services programs that we cannot afford. And, and they increase the poverty level. So like so many people are eligible who are not technically considered poor. And, and it's just insane, the, the, the insane amount of spending. So, the, the, well, you, you, you obviously don't want to balance the budget because you cut taxes. No, 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 no. Cutting taxes is fine if not for all the spending. It's the spending that's causing the – if there was no spending, there would be no no budget deficit, even if you cut taxes to zero. If there was no spending – now, some spending is necessary by virtue of the Constitution, like defense spending, military spending. But there's nowhere in the Constitution anything about Social Security and Obamacare and, and, and all the other trillions that are that are spent on these social programs, which we simply cannot afford. So – don't let anybody fool you. Tax cuts are not the reason behind the deficit. It is always the spending, and both sides refuse to cut spending. Like, other than Rand Paul, like, nobody ever talks about cutting spending. And that and it's a major systemic problem, and I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's a huge problem. The Republicans and Democrats, both of them, are, like, addicted to government spending. And, and, and until that changes, uh, you know, we're, we're going to have a massive debt and, and, a, and a huge budget deficit. That's going to do it for today, and we will see you next time.